don't study in college what you're actually passionate about. Hmm. I, I think you should study something that is a little bit more practical hmm. and still work and educate yourself on whatever you're passionate about. My dad got into severe debt, actually got in a lot of credit card debt over a quarter of a million, um, which is a lot of money. Wow. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell, tell the, the people who you are? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. First and foremost, thanks, Caleb. Uh, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, my name is Joseph Tavares. Um, I'm also known as Joe Money uh, because I'm pretty serious about my money. Uh, yep. <laughs> and that's a nickname that people have given me over the years, right? Yeah. Um, I am a co one of the co-founders of Aventure, which is actually the shirt that I'm wearing right now. Um, we're an outdoor active wear apparel brand that donates 10% of its proceeds to nonprofits to help clean trails and the ocean and, and whatnot. Um, I'm also currently working on a second venture called Cosmo Collective. I'll get into that later down the road. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, I, I do work a full-time job, which uh, I think might surprise a little bit of people, but we can get into that later down the road as well. Right, right. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so we're, we're going to start getting a little bit deeper. Obviously, uh, that was just kind of like a, a, a snippet of who you really are. You know, I know you got more to tell. Um, yes, let's, yes. Start, let's start from uh, your hometown. Tell us a little bit about where you were born and maybe what you think about where you were born. <laughs> okay. And maybe tie it into your story a little bit. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. So uh, I was actually born in Brooklyn, New York. But after I had turned one, my parents decided to relocate to South Florida, specifically mm -hmm. within the Fort Lauderdale, Florida region. Right. Um, so that's, I, I grew up in a smaller city over there um, in that region. And, you know, honestly, I loved it. Um, there was a lot of valuable life lessons that I learned from living here. Um, if you're not familiar with South Florida, it's a very uh, upscale, uh, more flashy type of lifestyle, right. uh, or at least a lot of people portray that. Yeah. Uh, not even if they don't necessarily have it. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot. I got connected with a lot of influential people and yeah, I, I met amazing people and I also met pretty uh, not so amazing people and uh, right. got exposed to a lot of not so amazing experiences, but yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's good. I mean, it's always interesting when uh, someone gets to move around at a, at a young age. I feel like people always remember like the move. <laughs> like I know like my wife, like she, they moved from like LA to like Riverside when they were young. Um, yeah. So it was interesting to like look into that and maybe ask some questions as to why your parents decided to make that move and you know, what kinds of insights can you draw from that? Um, so that's good. Now, when it comes to your, your childhood and your upbringing, do you want to like let us in as much as you're comfortable with as yeah. to um, what maybe the financial picture looked like back then and maybe how that has impacted you today? Yeah, absolutely. So a uh, little bit of context, uh, both of my parents immigrated from the Dominican Republic um, my mother, when she was around the age of 12 or 10 to 12, and then my dad, when he was 18, he moved to New York. That's kind of where they met and, uh, they, they got married and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. When my dad and my mom lived in New York, they were actually doing pretty well financially. Um, because even though my dad had, uh, became a citizen in the United States and didn't have a degree, 
Mm -hmm. uh, he had a really amazing IT job that he got offered, offered to do. Uh, so they were living in an apartment. They were living financially free, no debt, no nothing, which is very rare, right. I would say, for, for immigrants. And uh, when they moved to Florida, uh, things had changed. Uh, it's not New York. It's not the city of opportunities. It's, right. And, um, you know, things. Uh, are, my dad needed to work more. So um, luckily, my, my parents had some savings from when they were in New York. So they were able to buy a home. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't in the best area. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, we, we grew up poor, mm -hmm. um, despite owning a home, you know, and, yeah. and I would say that's probably like the saving grace within our family, that, that property. Mm -hmm. um, and my dad worked two jobs. Uh, I can tell you with full confidence, mm -hmm. I barely saw my dad from the age of, of one to, um, you know, well on to, I think, seven. And then uh, when I turned around seven, things started changing a little bit for my family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, also a little bit of context. It was a two bedroom, one, one bath house oh, uh, near right next to the hood. Um, so there's definitely some characters there. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, my brother and I had shared the same room. My brother, four years older than me. Um, we, uh, my dad got into severe debt, actually got in a lot of credit card debt over a quarter of a million. Um, which is a lot of money. Wow. Um, yeah, he, he didn't understand credit, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, most immigrants don't, right? It's not mm -hmm. something that's taught even in uh, formal education. Right. So, uh, and it was newer for that generation, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, that was kind of the situation. So I grew, up, I grew up only ever knowing debt, only ever knowing lack. Uh, when I was seven, my dad, uh, you know, he got offered, uh, he had a really strong work ethic, Mm -hmm. And uh, even though he worked multiple jobs at one of his jobs, they were actually closing down the facility. It was going out of business right. there was uh, an admin lady that he had become friends with mm -hmm. and she was moving to a new company and she reached out to him and said, Hey, you're a really good worker. I think you are worth more than just being a guy who drives trucks and delivers. It was like a, like a UPS type of company. Mm -hmm. I don't remember the name of it, but she was like, I think you're worth more mm -hmm. than just you know, packaging boxes and shipping them to the, the facilities or the whatever. So um, he, he, he said, but I don't have any college experience. You know, he's like, his English wasn't always the best, even though he spoke English mm -hmm. uh, fairly fluently. And, um, you know, he interviewed for the job and he got it. And that's when we started to see a little bit of a, uh, a increase in, uh, you know, money. Mm -hmm. uh, we were able to move out of that old house. We sold it for a little bit of a little bit of a profit, not too much. Uh, well, profit in, in that regard doesn't change the debt situation. Right, uh, right, right, right. And then we we moved to a better neighborhood uh, when I was eight. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, uh, it, it was really interesting because uh, you know we moved to a lower middle class neighborhood, mm -hmm. uh, which is actually the house that my 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 mom still owns to this day, oh. and. Um, you know, uh, we, we, we weren't too far from where we used to live, but we were far enough in mm -hmm. a way mm -hmm. uh, that, we, that at least the neighborhood wasn't filled with the, the same uh, unique characters right. that you would right. have in the other neighborhood I lived in. And, uh, but yeah, it, the problem was we moved to a nicer neighborhood mm -hmm. to, so we could go to nicer schools. Yeah. But with my dad's debt, um, with the higher cost of living now, because being in a more affluent I say affluent, but, you know, higher cost area versus the, right. Hood. right. Um, you know, it didn't really change much. It still grew with black, 
Um, and, and yeah, did, did that answer your question about yeah, my upbringing? So yeah, yes, yes. No, that, that tells a big, that paints a, a really good picture right there for me. Um, okay. So let, let's dissect it a little, a little bit. One of the, sure. the, one of the recurring things that you said was the debt um, and how maybe that had to do with, uh, you know, a lack of education and all that stuff. But something that really stood out to me is how I feel like your parents, or, or in this case, your dad's debt, uh, regardless of how that, you know, built up, in a way, like, impacted the family, yep. right? And it, it kind of impacted you as the child. And it, it just makes me wonder, like, what's your current relationship with the idea of debt in general, <laughs> based on what you've seen from your dad, you know? And yeah. I mean, this happened way back when, but it still sticks to you. So yeah, how does that impact you today? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, initially, when I first got my first job mm -hmm. uh, at 16, I, I literally got a job on my birth, like hired before my birthday. Yeah. And then I, I started exactly on my birthday. That's how hungry <laughs> I was to work uh, wow. because we had no money. So I, yeah. I knew the only yeah. way I could get money and spend stuff and hang out with friends was, mm -hmm. you know, I worked. But mm -hmm. um, to answer your question, so when I was 16, I, can't, I knew about my parents' debt situation, uh, mm -hmm. my family's financial situation, because uh, I lived in it my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I came to the conclusion, debt is wicked, it's evil, uh, <laughs> it, it needs to be completely, uh, uh, you, never, you never should get debt for any reason. Mm -hmm. um, of course, soon after that, I got into entrepreneurship. Yeah. I started meeting affluent businessmen mm -hmm. in different fields, in different industries. Mm -hmm. And I started learning about the difference between bad debt and good debt. Mm. Yeah. And so yeah. my relationship currently is if it's bad debt, <laughs> no debt, please. Right. If it's good debt, and, and, I, and I could dissect that in a bit if you want, uh, then under certain circumstances, if analyzed properly and having multiple people's opinions in it, you mm -hmm. could go through that route. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't get too distracted. I want to focus on what you just said with the good debt, bad death. Because let's say yeah. someone is listening and they don't really know how to define that. Like, is a credit card, you know, good debt, depending on, <laughs> depending on what you're trying to use it for, you know. So how would you define that, at least from your own perspective, the, the difference between good debt and bad debt? Yeah, so uh, although some of my experiences have involved credit cards. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like to encourage people in saying that credit cards are good debt, mm -hmm. no matter their circumstance, uh, until you meet certain criteria, right? Mm -hmm. Like until you get to a certain education. So if you're brand new, credit cards are never good debt, just in general. Yeah. Uh, I would avoid them. And, and there's a reason why. So a lot of people fall into this trap. And this is actually what happened to my dad. Uh, back in the day is you get like 12 to 15 months, sometimes even 18 of 0% interest on a new credit card mm -hmm. uh, or even a balance transfer. Right. Um, so a lot of people say, well, that's free money because you're just paying back 0%. Right. You're not paying back extra. Unfortunately, if you keep reading after, if you don't pay it all off consistently uh, or, or, or all off within that time frame of 0%, 
right. then it shoots up to anywhere from 16.5, which you need a really good credit score to get that percentage right. to a 27, 28%, 29% APR. Wow. Um, so that'll put you in crippling debt, you know, just put it in perspective. If you have, I'm just going to use this cause easy. So, uh, 29% of a thousand dollars, um, that's roughly, uh, $290, right? right? So right. that's $290 in just interest that you're paying every single month. Right. You right. know, or sorry, every single year, every year. you know? Yeah. So that, 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 that can be significant, especially yeah. if you're not paying the enough payment. So anyways, that's bad debt. Yeah. Um, another piece of bad debt is, uh, you know, I would say personally, uh, for most people, an auto loan can be a bad debt. Hmm. Um, and, and I'll explain in other cases later when hmm. it's not, but, uh, yeah, that's a bad debt. Um, consumer debt, if you're just buying, using debt, using credit cards, using money that isn't yours to mm -hmm. buy clothes or uh, mm -hmm. uh, anything that doesn't, that isn't an asset that doesn't produce income for you. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, that's bad debt. That's bad. Good debt would be, you know, a mortgage, mm -hmm. but not all mortgages are created equal. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. a mortgage that has a low enough interest rate for right. your credit score um, that a mortgage for a property that doesn't make you house poor, right? you know, Right. Uh, which I'm not going to go too deep into that. Yeah. Uh, also, under certain circumstances, uh, if you were to get a, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I, but I'm familiar. I have a lot of people within my network that do this. Right. But if you were to buy a car, right? Mm -hmm. uh, let's just say a higher up car, like an exotic car, right? So yeah. Ferrari, Lamborghini, things something like that. But you bought it second. You didn't buy it from the dealership. You mm -hmm. bought it um, on the secondary market, which mm -hmm. means you bought it from another person to person. Mm -hmm. If you can get a credit union loan, auto loan for that car, mm -hmm. more often than not, you can buy that. If, you, if you're wise, if you're educated, you'll buy it for a lower price than what's the current value of that car. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to event or drive it. Mm -hmm. Also potentially put it on something like Turo, depending on your city, if, if that's what you want to do. Right. Um, or use it as a business vehicle, depending on your, your industry. Mm -hmm. And then you could end up selling it within eight to 12 to 24 months for a profit. And mm -hmm. so you pay off the loan completely, but I don't recommend that for most people. That's, right. that's not even where I'm at currently. So right. it's a higher degree. Right. Yeah, no, that's good. I think one of the things that I, I, I heard you say, is just this idea of like not getting into it. If you don't have the, almost like the foundation, the base. Because I, I yeah. do know that a lot of wealthy people like use debt to make more money. Like, but it's like, it's something that they've been doing for a while. They know what they're doing. They know how it works. Mm -hmm. uh, so when people don't really know how that works and they just like keep racking up all these things without even maybe having a clear goal in mind, then they are, you know, clear plan <laughs> in mind then they just dig themselves in a hole. Um, yes. So you are right in the sense that like, and, I, and you, you did say this at the very beginning, it's like, if you are a newbie, like you just advise to kind of like stay away from it until you really, really gather the ed education and maybe even work with a mentor, someone who maybe knows how it goes and they can guide you. Um, so that's good. I mean, I have a love-hate relationship when it comes to like that, 
Um, I listen to guys like Dave Ramsey, Anthony O'Neill. You know, <laughs> I listen to those guys. I won't say like I'm a, a faithful disciple. I know I never really like follow someyone just a hundred percent. I'm always like right. I just I just pick like different nuggets of what they're saying. And I feel like when it comes to debt, like I kind of like see it the same way you do. Like it's like a good debt versus a bad debt. But right now, I don't think I'm at the place where I'm like brave enough to go take out like a loan or whatever to pursue an, a, a business because I don't think I'm quite um, I'm quite ready for that, and I don't want to lose that and then have to pay a whole bunch of money back. So I'm still yes. like in that process of like gathering the knowledge and education. And I think that's probably where a lot of people will be who are watching this. So if you're watching this and you don't have the knowledge, don't do it. <laughs> don't go yeah. get that loan and then not know what you're doing <laughs> with it. Yeah. No, no. And, and you touched on something that I forgot to also mention that can, could be good debt, depending on the circumstance. Yeah. Uh, this is a little bit more high level, a little bit more intermediate advanced, mm -hmm. but if you can get a business loan, like you mentioned, right. Um, the, the thing about business loans is it's a little bit more, uh, you have to have experience, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because in order to get it, you usually have to provide a plan or have a business that has already been generating income. So that's why I didn't bring it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, okay. We got to keep trucking forward here. Let's do it. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, so far in your life, um, I don't know if you're okay with sharing how old you are to the audience. Yes. Yeah. I'm 26 years old for those who don't know. Wow. Look at that. Okay. So, yeah. so far in your 26 years of life, what would you say have been your, or what, what would you say is your highest moment in life and your lowest moment in life so far? Cause I think that defines us in great ways. So what would you, what, what, what are yours? highest yeah. moment, lowest moment yeah that's good I, i'm gonna start with the low and then end with the high just because mm -hmm. so uh, my lowest moment was uh i had just gotten back from studying abroad in paris france mm -hmm. um i had 25 dollars to my name uh i was living out of a suitcase and i was actually couch surfing at a friend's uh a really ghetto green shack in uh in the hood wow. uh yeah, uh, so that was one of my lowest moments. How old were you? 20 to I think 20. I was 20. I think I was 20. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Because yeah. you're, you're by yourself doing this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I, tough. I, I, I had been told by my friend I could crash there for free. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm still friends with this guy to this day. And, and I really appreciate the time that he did give me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was one of my lowest moments because I, I, I felt hopeless. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, uh, I had been pursuing entrepreneurship since I was 17 and mm -hmm. um, I just felt like, wow, where, where's all my effort gone? Right. Um, right you know, right. I didn't feel like anything had pan out and I had no source of income. Mm. And, you know, my friend asked me, Hey, like I would stay there for like, I already was there for like a month. Mm -hmm. He's like, Hey man, you've been here for like a month. Uh, I know you like, you're not doing great financially, but like, is there any way you can give me like 120 bucks at least for rent this month? Mind you, this is like a one bedroom yeah. uh, shack where <laughs> there was already him and one other roommate living there. Oh god! And I was sleeping on their couch, you know, oh, and so, <laughs> you know, I'm the type of person that yeah. I, I grew, I grew up with a prince, with a, a, a man of principle, a father of principle. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, I, I didn't, I didn't complain and say, Hey man, I can't afford. I said, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have the money, but I said, I got you. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was the lowest moment. Wow. Um, yeah. And then uh, the highest moment for me mm. so far has been uh, actually launching my company adventure. Yeah, um, yeah. We launched in the beginning of 2020 um, and a little bit of context here. <laughs> One might argue and say this might've been the lowest moment, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. But my, my father passed away at the end of December of 2019, Yeah. you man. know? And so right after that, I, I, I had this trip, pre-planned right um in 2020 and the trip was in january this is right after uh, at the end of january this is right after i buried my dad um Mm -hmm. and and took care of all his affairs and um you know essentially i went on this trip to japan and taiwan right Mm -hmm. as i am you know this is like immediately after finishing all that stuff you know immediately after grieving still in grieving process at that Mm -hmm. time and then right after i get back i launched my company with my two other business partners, you know, as, as weird as it sounds, it it was one of the highest uh, 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 points in my life so far Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, like I had never seen the success uh, in my previous business ventures that I, that I've been seeing in this company, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's what it was. Wow. Wow. Hey, first of all, like, I'm sorry for, you know, the loss of your dad. I know it was three years ago. But hey, my mom passed away two years ago. So I'm like, mm. even if time passes by, it's like, hey, it still pops up on your mother. It still pops up every now and then. So it's like, I understand, man. I understand. And those kinds of experiences do uh, shape you also. And, you know, sometimes they motivate you uh, to in great ways. Um, it just depends on how you want to uh, relate with that experience. Um, and one thing that, and like you said, maybe not everyone in the audience might agree with this, but I, I think your dad will honestly be proud of you. Like, it, based on what you've told me about his story, you know, an immigrant with an ex, ex, ex like just an ex, extraordinary, like work ethic. <laughs> um, like, I know he'll be proud of you. You didn't just like stay in that hole for a long time. You actually like just sprung forward into creating the whole business that is thriving today. So um, definitely if you're part of the audience watching this right now, check out our venture. Okay. I'm going to put the link in the notes in the description and see what they're doing out there. Cause, and I can see the shirt that you're rocking right now. Yes. (laughs) This like, is a sample. This is a sample. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the way the letters are coming together there. So that's Thank nice. I, I know I know um, Adventure has a big like Instagram presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely go check it out. Definitely go check it out. I, I know I've been on there a few times to look at it, and I'm like just admiring the things that you guys are doing there. So keep Thank it you. up. Appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> what are your biggest goals right now? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a good question. So um, one of my biggest goals is, uh, are you speaking on a personal level or, or just yeah. on a business level? Well? Yeah, personal level. Um, I mean, personal can also, it could become financial. Like some people like their financial goals are what they hold the dearest. So wherever yours takes you, just personally, what are your 
biggest goals? Is it a financial goal? Is it a, you know, a spiritual goal? Whatever it is. But what are your biggest goals right now? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great yeah. question. So thank you. Um, yeah, so my biggest goals are summed up into what makes up or, or me as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my big, so I have financial goals, spiritual goals, physical goals, so health goals, yeah, and then emotional goals. That's good. You know, met mindset goals. Yeah. So my overall goal, uh, when it comes to finances, is I want to I want to be in the, the six figure marks. So mm-hmm. six figures, roughly 10K a month mm-hmm. uh, in my own personal income, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, outside of financial, um, I also want to focus on my health. So, so one of the areas that I'm trying to get to is um, I'm actually trying to lose some of the stubborn belly fat that I put on uh, over the years of eating yeah. like garbage and yeah. not working out consistently enough. Yeah. Um, so to, to, to kind of sum that up, um, I'm actually currently on a fitness uh, and nutrition program. Yeah. Uh, which for me is, uh, that's a whole nother conversation. I'm not going to, I'll go down a tangent if I keep talking about it, but uh, <laughs> so I'm going to save it. Uh, and then uh, spiritual goals. Yeah. Uh, this is actually one that's near and dear to my heart. I am a man who, who believes in God, who specifically mm-hmm. believes in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's reading the Bible, uh, one chapter of the Bible every night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's also um, going to church weekly, mm-hmm. uh, consistently. And, um, you know, just, just growing in my relationship with God, you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. through many different spiritual practices. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, my emotional goal, I will say yeah. this is, um, to, to make sure that I'm constantly, uh, uh, doing like check-ins with myself, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, whenever I feel anxious, whenever I feel stress, uh, whenever I run into a problem that needs to be solved, mm-hmm. uh, I want to be able to take a step back, mm-hmm. uh, speak out whatever is on my mind mm-hmm. let it release it let it go mm-hmm. and then move forward yeah yeah that's good that's good i mean in reality uh life has like different branches and we have to find like a way to balance everything right mm-hmm. if you're ever really gonna go anywhere so i like how you broke it down financial goals physical goals which are actually extremely important (laughs) you know and I see what you're doing out there you know and I see your workout videos and things like that on Instagram that's (laughs) it's good for people to know that it's not just about chasing money if you if if you're not healthy then you can't chase the money that you want you know so yep yeah man (laughs) um and you know and you got the you know the emotional goals, because, hey, being an entrepreneur, you know, being in this space that you're in, like, it can, like, take a toll on you emotionally. Yes. So if you're not checking in on yourself, you can just, like, ruin yourself, basically, and get lost, Absolutely. you know. So, and the spiritual goal also, like, that's very important. And I know not a lot of people might agree with it or believe in it but those who walk with god know like what's in it and why that's really important and hey this is not a a a church or a sermon so you're just gonna have to experience it for yourself if you want to see what it's about so thanks for telling us that so um i want to do this little uh complete the sentence game where and which kind of like lets us into uh, 
your mind a little bit more. And, and don't worry, we're going to get more into the entrepreneurial space even deeper here soon. Um, and this will lead us right into that. So complete the, complete the sentence right here. Something that inspires me is blank. Leveling up my mindset. All right. Okay. I am the most proud of blank. Launching a successful clothing brand. All right. I am the happiest when blank. I'm learning something new that furthers my education. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, during my free time, I blank. Ooh, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, can I give two answers for this? Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> okay. It's like a hybrid. It, okay. During my free time, I'm either working out, <clears throat> right? Okay. I, no, actually, I, I lied. I lied. Okay. I take it back. <laughs> I, like, during my free you time, out, you work out during your free time. Really? During my free time, <laughs> I, I'll I either adventure, so I either yeah. like go on a hike or, or bike or something like that, yeah. <clears throat> or I'm I kind of like do just my own personal development, self education type stuff. Right, right, right. That's good. That's good. Um, okay, last one here. <clears throat> during my time in college. I loved blank. Ooh. I, I loved, I loved uh, meeting up with people. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. College does do that. You know, it's, it's good. And that actually leads us into this next question here. What, right. are, what are your thoughts on college? Yeah. Should, should everyone go to college? Was it worth it for you, you know, as an entrepreneur right now? What do you think about that? Yeah, so obviously we're giving a very generic answer here. Right. Uh, and, and, and so I know people's situations, circumstances, cases are going to be, a, you know, significantly different mm -hmm. or varying. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll say this. Generally speaking, I don't think college is a bad thing, despite mm -hmm. being, you know, someone who's pursuing entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. um, the, the contingencies, though, that I'll have to put in place is college has to either be one fully like paid for. Mm -hmm. So you don't get any student loans whatsoever. Right. Um, whether that's paid for because of scholarship paid for because uh, you're fortunate enough to come from a family with a college fund mm -hmm. or, or paid for by a, a relative or grandparent who, uh, you know, has offered to do so. Mm -hmm. So that, that's number one. Uh, and then number two is you want to go after, uh, you want to study a career that is, has a proven track record of making money. Mm. Um, mm. You, you see what I'm saying? So yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll sum it up. Anything within the science field, uh, within business field. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, if, so if you want to be a teacher, yeah. um, you have to regardless. Right. Um, if you want to be in the medical field, you have to regardless the mm -hmm. business field it can you can get away with it mm -hmm. um but it, it does look better because mm -hmm. you're more professional that way but yeah, yeah. so I, I like what you said that you just don't want to like just do so because some people go to college and just study some random stuff um yeah. as their major and then basically rack up all those loans and then not know what they're doing after they graduate and i, I agree that's where it can be problematic when you go to college and you don't have a plan or mm -hmm. a, a real vision. Um, so 
yeah, that, that's something that I'm, I've been thinking about a lot lately too. Like I actually want to enter into that space of where I can speak more into um, the lives of college students so that they can be, um, they will be able to actually choose something that will actually <clears throat> make sense once they, gra- once they graduate and not yep. be in that space of like, oh, I wasted four years of my life and now what? You know, I studied this and now I'm working at Starbucks or something like, you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, because once you rack up that debt, mm, it, it, it really can mess with you. It really can for a it, long, it long can, time. Yeah. <laughs> a p- part of my interruption. But yeah, I completely agree. It can set you back years, right. uh, if not decades, right. uh, unfortunately, right. if you're not careful. Uh, I I do want to mention this too, uh, just in regards to the college topic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if, if I could go back, I mean, and I studied business, so Mm -hmm. that's a little bit of context, but at that point I kind of had a a clear direction of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I could go back and and I was to give advice to someone, um, who is thinking about going to college right now, Mm -hmm. and let's just say they're more of an art person, um, you know, whether it's music, whether it's uh, painting, all these things. Um, I- I'll say this. I'm a big believer in don't study in college what you're actually passionate about. Hmm. I, th- I think you should study something that is a little bit more practical, you know? Uh, and so I'll kind of go into a little bit of this. Yeah. So if you have an interest in music, um, I would encourage you to look into one of the other fields that are, have a proven track record of making you money post-college. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you are someone who, you know, wants to live a certain life, mm-hmm. um, or has debt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would look into like the, the fields that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. but you can take courses, mm-hmm. you know, elective courses in the, in the industry that you're passionate about mm-hmm. that way you have the pressure removed from you of trying to find a job that your degree uh, fits mm-hmm. with post-college. Right. right. Um, and, and I'm speaking from experience, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who studied, um, you know, music theory, or uh, even psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those of you who don't know, psychology is a good field, but mm-hmm. it's very overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's not, it's not an easy field to, to, to penetrate into the market of, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, so my, my point is, you can still study those topics. Like, for instance, I'm a big, I'm big into philosophy, right? You know, right. Um, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of philosophy classes, but becoming a philosophy major, right. you know, no, no disrespect. Like, again, I, I love philosophy. I, I think I, I'm, I'm a big on wisdom and, and, and knowledge, but mm-hmm. you're not going to make a career off of that, unfortunately. Most people, right. very Most. small percentage, right? Right. So study something practical so that way you can easily accumulate a job. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you get the job, set aside time. And this is the hard part that a lot of people lack, but set aside time to also learn in college, take courses, uh, elective courses around, mm-hmm. if possible, that subject. Or if you can't do that, find another outlet to, to learn from. YouTube, yeah. Google, yeah. all that. Wow, wow. Hey, believe it or not, that's the first time I ever heard that take. Like, I, I, I don't think I've ever had someone see it that way. Because I've always been, like, thinking about, like, okay, study what you're passionate about. So that when you graduate, like I've been seeing it the other way around, like don't graduate and like work a job that you're going to hate 
you know, like you want to work a job that is related to something that you're passionate about. But I really, really, really like that take. And I'm actually going to sit on that for a little bit more. That's just on my own later. I want, I'm going to like really go into that, that, that uh, train of thought that you just started. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but uh, okay. Now let's, let's, let's uh, start diving deeper now into entrepreneurship. That's good. How would you define the word entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I like to think about it in this simple uh, uh, sentence mm-hmm. uh, or explanation. Entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneur is someone who solves problems that need fixing. Mm. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah. So, so yeah. they're providing a solution to mm-hmm. a problem that no one else is offering the the. Uh, uh, the solution to, you know? Right, right. Okay, I like that definition. Um, And that's actually a good definition because a lot of times people who want to be entrepreneurs, like they haven't really thought about the problem that they're trying to solve. (laughs) And they're just doing, going with the flow, essentially trying to just start whatever. Um, Even if maybe, maybe maybe even, even if it's something that they're passionate about, but it's like they're not actually solving a problem, you know? So that I know that that's, that's important. And, I'll, and you'll probably touch on this a little bit more later, um, but why do you choose to become an entrepreneur every day? And the way I worded this question is, is significant. I said, why do you choose? I didn't say, why did you choose to become an entrepreneur? Why do you choose to become an entrepreneur every day? So you personally, yeah, um, that's a great question, and, and, and I really appreciate the mindfulness uh, in the selective wording. Yeah, I'm big. I'm big. I'm big on language. So, yeah. uh, you know, the way I see it is, it's always been how my brain has worked. Mm-hmm. You know, f- from a young age, my brain was always a, a very creative thinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, in, in, in terms of like, I will see a problem and I'll say, "What's the quickest?" most efficient, but also best way to solve this problem. Yeah. You know, I'm a very numbers, mathematical, uh, logical, rational kind of, kind of a thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going back to your question, uh, for me, I choose entre- what makes me choose entrepreneurship every day is I'm always finding new challenges, new mm-hmm. problems to solve. And, and it's constantly like refining me and allowing mm-hmm. me to, to become a bit a bigger and better person. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It gives you that opportunity to essentially do something that you are wired to do. Like what better space to solve problems and challenges every day than by chasing that field. You know what I mean? So that's good. Okay. Now let's, let's maybe go into something that might be a little bit difficult, mm-hmm. maybe not with very positive feelings, but I think it's important for us to hear this. Tell me about maybe one or two of your failed business ideas as an entrepreneur. Yeah. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Uh, I love talking about failures um, and just a little context. I think if you want to be an entrepreneur, if anyone here is is listening to this and they've been thinking on it, you have to learn to love and embrace failure. Right. Uh, Failure actually becomes your best friend, but I'm not going to do a whole Ted talk on that. (laughs) So to answer your question, uh, number one, I actually, um, I wanted to start uh, right before I came to college. I was actually working on a business plan 
uh, on a specific company. It was called, uh, actually, I won't say the name of it, just in case <laughs> I ever do use it down the road. Uh, but I wanted to start a high fashion luxury uh, belt brand. Mm. Mm. So I wanted to just focus on the belt, provide mm. a high fashion luxury belt. Um, mm. And again, remember, I grew up in South Florida. So mm. I'm very familiar with Louis, with Gucci, with uh, Versace with Salvatore Ferragamo with Balenciaga, all, all these different brands. Yeah. And you know, everyone in my neighborhood would would always either wear fake luxury belts yeah. or real luxury belts. But right. you know, so it's a thing here, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create my own brand. Um, I still wanted to be in the high fashion realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a good space to emerge into. Uh, right. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> um, I had spoken with. So uh, growing up in South Florida, I had the opportunity to network Mm -hmm. with people in this industry. You know, Miami area is is filled with high fashion Mm -hmm. uh, uh, folk. Um, So when I was discussing with someone, they they kept telling me it was a bad idea. So Mm -hmm. I poured all this money into getting designs and everything made. And let's just say all that money went down the drain. Right. (laughs) Um, So that's number one. That's one of my businesses that that completely failed. uh, And kind of, kind of put me in the gutter for a little bit. Yeah. Um, the, the other business that I had that failed, um, it was actually a clothing brand that I had launched when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, it was called Imperial wear, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and at the time that was actually available on Instagram, the, 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 the name. Um, and I, I had partnered with a friend of mine, uh, after he, he actually reached out to me to partner with me Mm-hmm. So I came with these unique designs that would match with uh, Air Jordan drops. Mm. You know? So I was a big sneakerhead in high school. And I knew that there was like very, there was like only one other company mm-hmm. I knew at the time that made shirts that uh, had the perfect color matching with mm-hmm. the sneakers. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So Air Jordan 7s, Air Jordan 1s, uh, mm-hmm. Bread 11s, all these things. So I was creating a company at that time around that. Mm-hmm. And my designs weren't that good. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've always been a creative person, but my designs weren't that good mm-hmm. uh, and, because I'm not that creative. You know, mm-hmm. like I have good ideas, but that's about it. Mm-hmm. So a buddy of mine reached out. I said, I love the company. I love your idea. And uh, long story short, uh, he ended up actually uh, kind of stealing everything from me, all my ideas and doing it himself and wasn't really a friend at the end of the day. Yeah. And, um, wow. Yes. Yeah, wow. so, so I that was like my one of my first businesses, actually. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, I mean, I, I like- the, I have many more, but- I know, I know, I know. I know. That's the thing though. Like if you're trying to become, if you're an entrepreneur, like you're going to have like so many more failures than success. And <laughs> I, I like, I like what you said, you know, for those who are in this field that we need to embrace failure because a lot of times that's literally what crushes people like when what they're doing does not work out and they just fold completely or they you know they just give up so it's important for us to know that almost every successful uh businessman entrepreneur probably has way more failure stories if you ask them you know than that one success story that you know of so that that's pretty good right there okay like what about um, actually, I think I already kind of know this one. I was going to say, what about your successful business ideas? And I know a venture, which is probably one that you've touched on here. 
Um, I'll, t- I'll touch on another one for you. Yeah, another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Can you ask the question again? I did interrupt. Yeah, you. so tell us about um, a successful or even like a developing business idea uh, that you have right now. So, you know, just in yeah. juxtaposition to the failed ones. Yeah, yeah, I know that's a great question. So uh, you're talking about currently, right? Not yeah, like currently. previous successful? Okay. Yeah, cool. currently. Great, great. Uh, so I'm not going to speak about a venture, even mm-hmm. though obviously that's like the main business I, I, I promote and push right now. Cause, yeah. You know, it's something that is near and dear to my heart. But yeah. uh, I'm actually working on my second business right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's still very early stages, but it has right. huge potential. Um, I've ran the business plan by others, uh, uh, you know, other people within my network, within the mm-hmm. same industry. Mm-hmm. And it's called Cosmo Collective. Right. Cosmo Collective is essentially a content creation studio, um, mm. you know, or agency, uh, for lack of a better phrase. And we're essentially offering uh, specific or specialized content creation to bigger brands. Um, so think digital content, digital mm-hmm. marketing, uh, yeah. kind of along those lines. Yeah. And I know marketing is a broad term, but essentially, wow. uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I, I got my start. Uh, on social media as being this travel photographer and adventure photographer, videographer. And, um, you know, since then, I've kind of stepped away from doing that for a career and instead do it more as a hobby. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a huge background in sales, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, I've I've done sales in the tech industry. I've done sales for entrepreneurship ventures of my friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've launched sales teams for brand new companies. Mm-hmm. I've had unique opportunities to learn what it takes from a very high scale professional level mm-hmm. sales. Mm-hmm. So essentially I'm, I'm building out, I'm this chief marketing officer of this company. Mm-hmm. I partnered with a, a friend of mine who has all the connections with all the content creators. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're putting together a team that we're going to be pitching mm-hmm. to brands and offering them that service. Yeah. 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 That's good. That is good. Um, we live in the social media world. And, yes. uh, and basically all the big brands, they know they have to up their social media game. <laughs> and so that's something that I, I definitely think is a need. Um, yep. So, yeah, I, I hope uh, I'm, I'm waiting to be here to see, you know, when it really does get up there to that big scale that you envision it. I can see it. Yes. You know, but like you said, you just have to be able to fight through the obstacles that are bound to come, you know, yes. that yes. they're bound to come and like, just keep pushing through it. Um, so speaking of that, uh, I, I, I discovered through a little bit of research that 90%, 90% of startups do fail. Yes. Right. According to the stats. Um, and I know your company right now is a startup and I hope yep. that yours will be part of the other 10%. Okay. Yep. That's what I'm believing in, but how can more entrepreneurs increase their chance of success? Yep. Are there any like specific keys that you can think of that can help you increase your chances of success as a startup? Yeah. Um, Yes, abs- there's absolutely ideas and ways and, and whatnot. So I, I think um, this is tough. <laughs> I don't, I, so I'm speaking to a very specific type of person right now. Right. I'm speaking to someone who's not just an entrepreneur, but they aren't uh, an overthinker. Hmm. 
if you're mm-hmm. an overthinker, mm-hmm. which I, context, I'm an overthinker, but I've, mm-hmm. I've mastered, uh, uh, I've overcome my overthinking. But if right. you're not an overthinker, this is my advice to you. Right. Do more research. Hmm. Speak to others in this industry you're looking to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out competitive companies, businesses, brands, products. Hmm. Right. Find out what problem your specific product is solving mm-hmm. before you even create the product or right. actually get the tangible product made. Um, and the last tip I'll give is reverse engineer. Hmm. Reverse engineer. So a lot of people are familiar with um, Steve Jobs. He mm-hmm. created Apple. Mm-hmm. He one time gave a speech. I think it was at Stanford or, or some university. And he <clears> said, <throat> the way forward is to look backwards and connect the dots backwards. Mm-hmm. He's talking about reverse engineering. Mm-hmm. For instance, I said, figure out what problem those businesses are solving mm-hmm. and try to expand on that. Mm-hmm. When you try, a lot of people, they want to create a business. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, essentially what they're doing is, oh, I like, for instance, oh, I want to create a clothing brand uh, and I want to make cool designs. Hmm. That is an amazing thing, mm-hmm. but it's not solving any problems for someone. Right. Now, right. if you're saying, uh, hey, I've noticed that a lot of these brands, uh, uh, a lot of streetwear brands are making cheap quality clothes and then are charging you 100, 120 plus dollars per clothing, per shirt, let's say, mm-hmm. um, you can say, I noticed, you know, you're, the problem you could be solving is I'm bringing high quality clothes mm-hmm. for, uh, uh, you know, let's just say 20, 30% less of the cost mm-hmm. with just as good, if not better designs, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. like that's solving a problem. <laughs> Right. Um, you know, and I'm not going to tell you how to sell that per se, but I'm just saying right. you've got to look for right. problems. You got to right. solve it. Right. If you're an overthinker now, and mm-hmm. I want to address the overthinkers. Yeah. You need to just do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and not only do you need to just do it, you need to come up with a very simple plan, mm-hmm. not an over complex plan, a simple plan and mm-hmm. do things one step at a time. Right. Right. Don't try and plan 50, 78, five years down the road, just think about what can I do in the next six to 12 months mm-hmm. and just do that. Mm-hmm. And, and also the other advice kind of applies here and there with them too. But right. remember, if it's going to cause you to overthink, yeah. don't do it. That's, that's very, very good right there. Cause I, I, I was just, once you said that, I started to think about, okay, you know, we're supposed to reverse engineer Mm-hmm. Um, and do all this research and, you know, dive into the space, speak to people who are there, you know, do, do all that. But Oh, and Caleb, sorry, part yes. of it. Well, no, no, go ahead. One, one last thing yes. that I will also mention too. Yeah. Do, uh, if you're going to start a business, mm-hmm. you have to have a plan. Right. Uh, I think, I don't know if it's Benjamin Franklin or if it's just an anonymous quote, but uh, I, I'm a big believer in this, this quote here. It says, uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? And I don't mean the good failure that I mentioned before. I mean, right. like, like if you don't know what direction you're moving towards, right. you're, you're going nowhere. Right. You know? right. Um, and then the last one is <laughs> don't start a business with debt. Hmm. You know, when I say debt, I'm not talking about a business loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a little bit different because if you get a business loan, that means you have a very clear and concise plan. Mm-hmm. You know, they won't give you it otherwise. Trust me. Right. Um, right. And then, uh, but if you're starting your own business, don't, 
don't do what a lot of people do and you know uh, max out two credit cards for twenty thousand plus dollars and yeah and all these things it, that's why a lot of people fail too right 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 that's good that's good yeah the um you know i could be an overthinker too so it's like sometimes <laughs> sometimes the way overthinkers uh try to battle the um the you know the too much detail part of being an entrepreneur which is like where you do your research you speak to all these people like they're like oh that if i try to do all that i might overthink it so they just get started but then they just get started without a plan and then it comes crashing down trust me i've repeated personally i've been, i've repeated that cycle quite a few times i start without a plan because i'm like you know what nike just do it right <laughs> like just do it and then i just get started i'm like i have the idea of what i want to do let's just do it and we'll see how it goes and then it doesn't work out because i didn't have a plan so it's this it's this fine line that you have to walk as an entrepreneur where it's like you do the market research you create your plan but you don't um cripple yourself and get paralyzed in analysis paralysis either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so very, very good, very, very good stuff. And I hope that our audience are gaining that motivation and inspiration. Like if if you have an idea, you know, set a time to do your research, get it done. And I think do having a timeline is, is actually kind of yes. helpful too. You know, set a timeline if it's like, okay, I'm going to do my market research for a month or whatever it is, do it. Then in the following month, your next plan is to get something started, right? So it's like you're not like just staying there, like overthinking stuff for a long time. So, yeah, hopefully that that gives someone some insight if you find yourself in this space as well. Um, I know we are running out of time here, man. Like, dang, I had some more questions that I wanted to ask you. So maybe we might have to have a part two someday. I have to have this part two here, but maybe I can just um, start closing us out here because I always like to respect our audience's time and also you, my guest, want to respect your time. I like to keep this like just at an hour mark um, if possible. But what's one advice that you can give to aspiring entrepreneurs today um, just as like a, a summary uh, you know, what's one advice you can give someone to walk away with right here? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. So one piece of advice that I would give to an entrepreneur today is make sure you're maximizing value for people mm-hmm. in every conversation you have, in every relationship you build, in, in, in every idea you come up with in every business you start or pursue. Mm. You want to make sure you're maximizing value. So learn all you can about maximizing value. Learn about copywriting. Mm -hmm. uh, Educate yourself on sales. And um, become become in love with with the process, you know, Mm -hmm. and enjoy the process. So maximize value. Um, You know, you're gaining all these skills so that you can maximize value and then enjoy the process um, before I let you go? Like what, what if someone doesn't know what you mean by maximizing value? 
you know right what how would you break that down for them right so i'm going to give you an example mm -hmm. okay um let's just say you go to a restaurant once a week mm -hmm. you know or let's just say you even work at a restaurant mm -hmm. right either or and let's just say this restaurant is a little bit you, you kind of go to it more because it makes you feel a little bit more successful it's a little bit higher cost restaurant or you work there because they pay you good tips typically mm -hmm. and there's very successful people there mm -hmm. um you know start a conversation with someone if possible you know um it, just introduce yourself is great if you see especially if you see someone regularly there mm -hmm. and you know ask them a little bit about themselves right Mm -hmm. And so, so far, I'm not talking about the value part. Don't worry. Right, right. Uh, uh, eventually, you can kind of have by having a conversation with someone, you start to realize that people a lot of times will mention their successes. Yeah. But they'll also mention uh, stuff that they're having difficulty with. Hmm. When someone's having difficulty with someone, um, oftentimes you if, if you have experience within that field, you can add value right? Mm -hmm. Value is this crazy, unique word that we use. Mm -hmm. And it essentially means like, um, bringing something to the table, right? right? Right, right. Again, they have a problem. Your value is you're offering a solution. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, I once heard about a guy, he's not very technical at all, mm -hmm. right? Very successful businessman. Surprise, mm -hmm. he has a website and has made it this far, <laughs> but not very technical at all. He had a he he's been hiring people over the years for like, um, what do you call it? Uh, web design, web development, mm -hmm. all that stuff, Ma managing that stuff for him. But, but he keeps like running into not reliable people. Mm -hmm. I'm not a web developer. Mm -hmm. I don't have any experience in this field, but I'm constantly meeting different people from different mm -hmm. industries. Mm -hmm. So what I did was as I'm meeting this, this gentleman, uh, you know, I'm speaking with him and I'm listening to him. It's like, oh man. It's like, quick question for you. Would it be okay if I connect you with someone that I know and trust, who mm -hmm. I have a longstanding relationship with that mm -hmm. is a web developer? Mm -hmm. You can have your interview with him. No hard feelings if you decide it's not a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. But I at least want to uh, connect you too, since I know he does really good work. Mm -hmm. The guy changed his whole demeanor immediately when I said that. He went from, oh, it's just this younger kid talking to me. Uh, consuming a little bit of my time, but also just listening to my problems to, oh, <laughs> this gentleman actually isn't trying to make money off of me. Right. He isn't just wasting my time. Right. You know, he isn't just trying to get something out of me. Instead, he's offering something. Yeah. So I'm, I'm maximizing value in that, in that uh, relational, mm. this might sound bad, but relational mm. transaction that's happening at that moment. Right, right. So that's one area. The other area is, Whenever you're starting a business, whenever you're offering a product, you want to maximize the amount of value a customer receives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If someone is buying, um, let's just say, uh, uh, an ebook mm -hmm. from you, Caleb, right? Mm -hmm. Well, them buying an ebook for $9.99, it's great and all, mm -hmm. but how could you add value or how could you maximize the value that they're getting so that way they feel like, Oh, I'm getting way more than the 10 bucks that I'm paying. Yeah. You might say with the purchase of this ebook, I'm actually going to give you a free beginner course on how to start a podcast. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Yeah, yeah. And then after you offer that beginner course, you have the option of, uh, uh, as they're going through the, the process, mm-hmm. you're going to say, oh, not only how to start a podcast, but for just an additional $4.99, mm-hmm. I'll give you the second course that goes in, ta- that comes after that mm-hmm. how to start a podcast is mm-hmm. how to find, how to network with individuals to get them on your podcast. Mm. You know, I'm just making this up from. No, that's I'm true. I'm following, man. That's good stuff. So that's now bad. you're maximizing value and, yeah. pe- and, and people actually feel like, wow, this is, this is such a great deal. Right. You know, right, right, you're right. not actually offering any discount. So you're not selling yourself short. Right. You know, but you're right. maximizing value from their standpoint and you're mm. maximizing value from your standpoint. Cause wow. now you're getting an extra five bucks potentially, mm-hmm. you know, most likely right. than, than you would have gotten before. Mm-hmm. Now you're more likely to, to sell people on that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I like that a lot. And I like that you brought, you had two aspects of it where you're actually like selling something. And when you're literally just offering value for free, which then gives you more things later on. Um, it, it builds it builds rapport right right, right and, and rapport right. is this for, for those of you who who uh, don't understand the word rapport mm-hmm. rapport basically means you build trust right someone. right right and that's really what it's about if you're an entrepreneur once you have trust with when when people trust you the the money starts and, to come in yeah yes <laughs> yes yes come in that it really does it really does man this is good so um, if you're out there, an entrepreneur, I know there are so many of us millennials that are entrepreneurs. <laughs> so many of us. I feel like this is the secret, man. You said it right here. Like you have to like posture yourself in the way that you're constantly looking to add value to someone's life, whatever that looks like. And, and it's not just about you. It's about the other person, the, the customer or client or whatever it is. How are you adding value to their life? Because I feel like when you do that right, everything else flows naturally, huh? Yep. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, I, I know we're running a little bit short on time here. Yeah, right. But, um, yeah. So you'd be surprised uh, when you add value to people's life, mm-hmm. you're the first person that'll usually come to their mind whenever someone uh, speaks of, uh, anything related Mm. to you. Right. Mm. So Mm. if I'm, if I'm, if I'm introducing myself to this guy as, Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I actually run a small clothing brand that is currently scaling to Mm. a bigger clothing brand. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called a venture. Uh, Mm. we donate 10% back. Next time someone brings up, man, I'm looking for some new outdoor active wear apparel. The first person he's going to, or just active wear first person he's going to think of is not some brand that uh, he has no relationship with the owner or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's going to think me. He's going to be like, oh, right. hey, actually, my guy, Joe, yeah. he has this brand. Right. So right. he's going to return the favor. And even if he doesn't, mm-hmm. I still have that relationship built with him. Mm-hmm. So there's value in that for me. Right. You know, right. so it's understanding always, always give more mm-hmm. than you take, but still make sure that you are also. And I don't, the, the word take has a stigma behind it, but it's not always a bad thing. Right. Also make sure you're never forgetting to take two. Right. You know? Right. I totally understand, man. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if people want to find you on social yeah. media, where can they find you? And I'll put it on the screen. Can you tell the audience where they can find you? 
Yeah. So if you want to follow me directly, my, uh, my Instagram account, personal one is adventure with Joe and that's a D V E N T U R E with Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, would really appreciate if you also gave my clothing brand a follow it's adventure co. So U H V E N T U R E C O. Um, feel free to check out our brand. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Uh, aside from that, uh, yeah, that's the best place to reach me. Yeah. Best way to find you. And from there, I mean, you can take them on all kinds of journey from there. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. and, um, if it's your first time watching this again, and you're not, not following uh, me on social media yet, first thing to do, subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's where yes. all my videos are. Okay. It's Caleb, the teacher, as you can see, that's my passion. I want to bring knowledge you know, insights to help people, right? So Caleb, the teacher, subscribe. And also you can find me on Instagram, Caleb, the teacher. You can find me on Twitter, Caleb, the teacher. On TikTok, Caleb, the teacher. (laughs) You'll find me anywhere, um, but I'm going to put all the links uh, uh, in the description. Um, Yeah, I can't wait to have you back again sometime in the future. Um, But yeah, all the best, man, to your um, entrepreneurial adventures. Okay. Thank you. uh, God bless. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. All right. All right.